Hey girl, welcome to the Reconstructed Woman Podcast. I am your host, Claire Davey, and I am so excited that you are here. If you are a woman, wife, or mama looking for freedom in Christ, get ready. The mission of the Reconstructed Woman is to help women just like you release the pain of your past, rebuild your identity in Christ, and renew your mind in truth. Girl, I love truth. I love keeping it real, and you're going to get plenty of that here. I am so excited for what God is going to do through this mic and in your life. All right, ladies, what's up? I'm super excited today to talk to Tamara and Dress. Um, we are going to get into spiritual warfare, and I just can't wait. So let me introduce you to her. Tamara is a three-time best-selling author, a top 1% podcaster, international speaker, marketplace minister, and experienced creator with retreats and events. She's the founder of Fit, Faith, Media, and Press Publishing House, and serves as the president of the Founder Collective Nonprofit all on a mission to catalyze faith-filled entrepreneurs to thrive in their purpose. Um, 2023, your bio snapshot, top global podcaster, um, international speaker, like I said, and marketplace minister. Some of your nicknames are a human sparkler. I love that. And the entrepreneurial rabbi. Oh my God. These are gifted to me. I did not self-proclaim them. I didn't even look at your bio and I'm like, wow, I'm so honored that you're on my little show. Thank you. No, I'm so great. We're all on the same journey together. This is awesome. Um, Yeah. Ordained minister. I did see that you married someone recently. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, commissions to activate purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs personally and professionally. Business mastermind trainer coach, and you are the host of the Fit in Faith podcast. Um, a wife. Are you tired yet? I'm a wife tired to Gary Hot Hubby and Mama to Two. Okay, Gary yeah. Hot Hubby. That's what he Gary. is in my phone. And so, literally, since we've been married, I always refer to him, and I'll share his contact with like friends, specifically guys. And they're like, "Should I call him Gary Hot Hubby as well?" Or like, "Yes, you should," because he is. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. So speaking of your podcast, I think that I, um, I saw you on a live is where I first, I think connected with you on one of your lives. And then I obviously did not do my research. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm not a research girl. If you can tell, I know it's authentic connection. <laughs> I feel the same. I don't need to know your stats yeah. or your history or resume. Exactly. But I knew I was like, she, we're speaking the same language here. So when I listened to um, your podcast, I was, it was on the spiritual oppression and demonic oppression. And there was one before that I was supposed to listen to, and I haven't gotten back to, but everything that you were saying, I was just like, wow, one, I want to thank you for being a voice and speaking about the uncomfortable things because we need this message in the body of Christ. We need it. We need it. We need it. And, um, I just want to talk about it today. Like, just really want to get into some of this because what I believe is that spiritual oppression is one of the biggest 
main obstacles to the Christian finding the freedom to walking yeah. in the fullness, the victory, the identity that Christ paid for. So, so there's this, it's something that always intrigued me as a child because I grew up in a home that was Christian mm -hmm. and yet it was demonically oppressed. Demo there was abuse, there yeah. was chaos, there was dysfunction. And so from my earliest memories, I'm like, what, what? There's a missing link. There's, There's something missing. missing. Like what if, if God is love and this is my life, how is God in my life? Right. And it's a really hard thing to understand specifically around that idea of oppression. So I love that you're bringing this up, not only from what's happening in the church right now, also to what has been like, this is historical. This is not new information to God. He's been witnessing this since the beginning of sin. And so it's, it's an important conversation that's critical for people to understand the variables of what oppression, the specific one that you were talking about that you listened to of my show was we were going into oppression, suppression, repression, which is similar to suppression, um, and then the progression of what all of these things look like. And we know that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but darkness and principalities. But, and it's both and, we have this very real scenario where we can put that blame of demonic and spiritual oppression into a person. And yet it's not really their fault. And I've been reading so much in like first Kings, uh, old Testament elements of how generational bondage is generational oppression. And so often we can't even tether or tie something to one scenario or make sense of it when we're just looking at the flesh. And so we end up casting blame on people when Christ is came and died for the people. And so we, I think the revelation aspect of like, what's the difference and what's happening in the spiritual realm that we as Christians need to fight against with power and authority. Yes. Yes. And I think that there, the enemy has used the spirit of fear. And I know you touched on that in your episode. Um, it's so rampant. I mean, I even was in a church and the pastor told me, oh, I don't talk about spiritual warfare. Like I don't go there. I'm like scared to touch that. You know, I didn't stay there that long yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. I, you know, I'm like, the, I just want people to be free. And I, yeah. and I want to, you know, sound the alarm, um, because I personally have experienced oppression, depression, suppression, yep. repression, mm -hmm. and the, the Lord taught me so much in, in the last 11 years personally. And, you know, I want to just say that I understand if you're listening to this right now, I understand more than anybody that this can be freaky, this can be, yes. you know, wild, this can be like, I, if it didn't happen to me, if I didn't experience it, I don't know that I would believe it. And I should have believed it as a Christian. And if you're listening and you're a believer, it's yeah. in the word of God and you should believe it. But I just want to say that, like, I understand that. Yeah. Like, on such well, a I think if we level. think of like the eeriness and the darkness of magic, 
right. or the eeriness and the darkness of mediums and psychics and all of these things were like you there's a show on Netflix about mediums and I was watching it and I'm like wow like the accuracy the legitimacy the like element of connected little t mind you little t truth right. because they're doing it in their own sense of flesh and connecting to a spirituality element having this conversation and we can talk about this too as we move on but is how much the eerie the dark the witchcraft they practice their sorcery and we as christians choose not to practice our gifts and talents thank you and therefore the reason that they're on display so much when it comes to the demonic is because they're actually doing what we're supposed to be doing from a discipline from an obedience and from a practice and yeah. so why is manifestation seemingly owned by the dark world when it's in the bible it was god's idea yeah. why is are these elements of being able to speak into a, another world happening from a medium oh wow you can actually communicate to the father you can actually communicate to the heavenly realm it's the right. whole reason when we say darkness flee satan flee from my presence you are talking to a spirit that's right. And so a spirit is commanding another spirit because the spirit of God dwells inside of you. And when Jesus went to the cross, that authority was given to us. That's so right. Old Testament, they had to go to prophets and they had to go to all these different people for something like that to ever come to be. And yet I think what we need to look at more importantly is what have we given away what have we given power to that are things that are claimed and owned by the demonic world? Yeah. Things like Netflix, things like, I mean, we can go into lots of things here, okay? Pride, <laughs> things like, I mean, we can go into every element, sex. Everything is owned by the spiritual realm of Satan because he, he, he tries to control and manipulate and he is the father of all lies. Mm -hmm. All of those things were created by God initially before the sin before the great fall and when jesus came back we reclaimed restaked ownership in those places but we're operating under oppression and a lot of that has to do with our voice we as a church and christians have been like taken our voice has been devocalized and therefore they're just like, well, I'll just stay quiet over here and I'll just go to my small group and I'll live a happy, you know, safe life in my bubble over here with my church community. We are not called to be inside of four walls. We are called to press into territory yes. and take ground and yes. dominion against the darkness. That's but right. how do we do that when we're always afraid? Well, and I think that we need to learn who we are. Yeah, we totally. need to learn who we are. I think that there is a, like, you know, I know for me personally, I grew up hearing about the Lord. I was baptized at nine. I went to a Christian college. But when I encountered the demonic mm -hmm. and tried to think that I could come against that, I did not know who I was. Mm -hmm. I did not even know the authority. And the enemy knows when Christians don't know who they truly are. So and so does he have the authority over us? No. no. But he's a bully and he's an, intimidate, an intimidator. Yeah. So if we don't use that authority because we're like, well, I mean, I think I have it, but I don't know. Yeah. Then we're not going to overcome. Yeah. So we have to overcome the spirit because he did not give us a spirit of fear, which it is, fear. right? Yeah. But we have to 
know who we are and the church needs to be, you know, like you said, it's not in the four walls, but even inside those four walls, like, are we being built up and right. the equipping. The hard conversations? Like totally. we have to have the hard conversations and we have to stop pretending that we're religious and, yeah. and be honest about the sin, because what is, what does the word say? Sin gives the devil a foothold. So like you said earlier, it all does boil down to sin. The mm -hmm. sin that's been done to us, whether we've been sexually abused, physically abused, mm -hmm. and, or the sin that we've done, it that sin is a breeding ground for demons. So yep. do we all fall short and sin? Yes. But a, a once in a while sin is different than a habitual sin or a season of sin. Yes. And only oh. God can pull us up and out of those those areas, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's multifaceted. It's it's yeah. complex. But if we could yield our heart the, I'm big on teaching women, um, the heart. I used to do workshops mm -hmm. on it because remember Jesus said to the Pharisees, they uh, about, about the Pharisees, they honor me with their lips, but their yeah. hearts are far from me. Mm -hmm. And the, he was revealing that to me when I was questioning, you know, these people who are sexual abusers, yet yeah. they're, they're saying they're Christian and they're reading the Bible or physical abusers. Like it just, it baffled my mind. I hate hypocrisy. I yes, always have. Yes. And yeah. so I've been on this quest for 11 years following Jesus of like, I need to get to the bottom of this and figure this out. And yep. it was just out of my own personal story that he basically taught me so much, but you know, I want to share a story, one short story uh, in regards to this in the Bible. It's in, um, I just had it in front of me. It's where um, Paul was teaching. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up um, so I can have the exact, exact um, scripture. But basically Paul was, oh, Acts 19, um, mm -hmm. 15. So he was, he was preaching and teaching and then they thought it was cool to just, you know, get on the, let me try to cast out demons in Jesus name. And, um, the evil spirit said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know, but who are you now? I did not know this verse until way later, but yeah. I was a Christian, but I didn't know who I was. And yeah. I had never addressed the sexual trauma, repressed, suppressed, yep. the yep. physical trauma that I went through all of my past and all of my sin, because I was taught truly, well, Jesus forgives it at the cross. And then you don't have to walk a life of repentance and confession. What? That's right, crazy. Right. How many Christians believe that? That's and then true. they wonder where there's no freedom. Yep. So I went to pray at this house and I'm like, oh, I'll come against this demon. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says we're supposed to set, set, you know, captives free and we're praying right. at this house. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, there's a spirit of lust. Yeah. Get, get out of here. That thing choked me, eh, 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 choked me. Whoa. And I'm like, I looked at the woman that was, I was with and I said, I'm a Christian. I don't understand. I'm supposed to have authority. What just happened? Well, let me tell you what just happened. What this story talks about in, in the word, he says, um, the, that the same thing, that spirit actually attacked him, had the audacity mm -hmm. to touch me as a child of God. 
but I had not put the sin that had happened to me under the blood or my sexual sin. I had been entertained and oppressed by a spirit of lust. And I was living with that spirit of lust. So when we have those strongholds to the enemy, we are not going to be effective. It's not diminishing Christ. It's our sin and our flesh that we have to get real. Like you're saying, we have to talk about the sex. We have to talk about the porn. We have to talk about the Netflix. We have to talk about the drugs or what the... I think I was eating pills at the time. I yeah, everything. Eat. It all like, I was has doing that. it all and it was like, yeah. yeah, that's fine, right? Like, and I'm I'm not saying this that that we have to checklist because you don't want to hop right. over into religion and go, okay, I'm not doing this. Right. Not. No, we need to to consume his grace and mm. we need to humble our hearts, like you said, and and um be delivered of the spirit of pride. Mm. Yes. And it took for me to have a mental breakdown. My pride was so thick. I was fine. I was saved. I was good. We don't need to deal with any of that. That's all under the blood. I had a mental breakdown working as a school counselor, dealing Mm. with my trauma and it triggered me. But you know what happened? I went through a three day healing demonic Mm. deliverance. I lost 17 pounds in three days and demons were coming out of me, speaking out of me. The spirit of Jezebel was like, had me walking seductively saying, I don't want to leave her. I've been so long. Now I'm going, what's happening? What the heck? And she's going, Jesus is setting you free. Jesus. Oh, and, and as you know, that was 11 years ago for the last 11 years ago, he had to teach me. He had to train me. He had to, to equip me to, to build me because my mind was like, what just happened? Right. Right. Well, especially, and I think this is common for people who are are Christian and declared Christian. They're like, I don't understand how it can be a, an and element. How can I be possessed or oppressed and also say that I love Jesus, know Jesus, have been baptized? Well, it's because in different elements of your life, you're allowing there to be this like Pandora's box yeah. of, well, I love Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm going out with my friends. And you're feeding a demonic force over top of you, that spirit of lust, that spirit of pride, all of these different pieces that are literally the deadly sins for a reason. So you had to have a mental breakdown. I had to have a mental breakdown. If I didn't have that breakdown, I would have never fully surrendered. And in that moment of surrender and actually having that can of worms fully open, I am like, what is happening before me? And at the same time, that's the moment that I was fully seen, fully known, and still loved by God. Not in the fully seen, fully known, I love you, Lord, on my choice, on my gumption, like, I know you love me, God, right? That is, you love this side of me. And he's like, no, 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 no. I declare that I love every element of you, even the wayward side to who you are. And so let's bring you back in. And that's why it's not always this radical healing, but it's a journey of healing. That's why my book is called Always Becoming because I was sexually abused when I was little as well. And it created a spirit of lust connected to porn cyber sex, um, just the way that I would carried myself as a woman, all of these things thinking this is what I'm made to do. And that's a complete lie from the pit of hell. And so to now be married with kids and have to walk through this endeavor and be like, sorry, babe, 
you didn't even know what you married because I didn't even know who I was. Yeah. And having this new revelation of self, it's a righteousness walk, yes. right? And the Lord will not give you, they say that he won't give you more than you can handle. First off, that's not actually the scripture. It's yeah. the knowing that like, he's going to give you what he knows you can endure because by his strength, he can endure all things. That's right. And so we, through God, all things are possible. And therefore I can face all of these elements of affliction in my life. Yeah. Shame that I put on my own self because of actions I've done and vice versa. And so no one's off the hook here. But I think one of the things, Claire, that is, is so powerful that people forget to do as a part of a space of repentance is the, the, the space that happens right before that. And that's the ownership. Yes. It's the ownership of the fact that I know I've been putting my left foot in the dark and my right foot in the light. Yes. And that's where hypocrisy comes into play and why, quote unquote, little c Christians have gotten such a bad rap. Pastors, bad rap. Priests, bad rap. Yeah. It's not the person, it is the sin. And so Absolutely. when we can take that off of that person, yes. that's when empathy comes into play. Yes. That's why Jesus could dine with the sinners. That's why Jesus would spend time with the Pharisees because he wasn't dining with their sin, he was dining with their humanity. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. There's so many things on it. And all of that, I'm like, ah, trying to like take notes. Cause I want to speak to all of it. Fear of man. What you, what yeah. you said, it comes down to a fear of man and pride of totally. why we're not saying, okay, one foot's in the dark. Um, so we got to get that delivered from that pride, but it yeah. also does come to will God love me? Like Mm. Do we understand you have two women here telling you that we were completely exposed all of our sin and he still loved us yeah. and he still yeah. picked us up. He still redeemed us. He still, he still gave us, you know, a next chance, a new start. And so I do, I think many of us fear, I know for me, I feared it, feared it. It was, it was bad teaching, bad doctrine. And also fearing yeah. like, well, if God like knows, like God knows everything, like he already knows that part. Yeah. It, it took him to tell me what was there that I couldn't yeah. see. And another well, thing and that's suppression that, though. And we both were at this place where like, we just suppressed it so hard, even with external forces of pills, of alcohol, of yeah. sex, of these, yeah. we just layered, 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 caked, caked, caked. And it's like, where's the root? You have no idea. You can't extract something you don't know where it was planted. That's right. And so we have to find those roots in order for us to be able to have that sense of ownership. Yeah. And that's ultimately what it is. And a lot of people are like, you know, uproot the generational curse. Well, where did it start? Because if you think just by you understanding your story and understanding where the root exists, it does not mean that it doesn't skip a generation and go to your children yeah. or your children's children. Yeah. So it's critical to find out where did that establish? How did that establish? And how can I uproot that? Not just from me, but from the generational lineage of those who follow me. I have seen my mother who is on the other side, right? Like I didn't bear witness to her. She bear witness to me come to know Christ because of my walk and understanding where that happened. Mm -hmm. And so it is both sides of the coin, but we have to, if we want to free people, we're supposed to set the captives free. We're supposed to create disciples. We can't effectively do so if we're not willing to take that first step. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's so true. And so how would you, for the people listening, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah. 
to start that generational work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's first the ownership, the understanding of what is it that you're walking through? What is it that you're dealing with? I think of so many people who raise their hands to the mental health movement and depression or anxiety. And I'm not to say that those things are not real or they're not valid, but they're likely premised in one of the things that we're talking about. And the reason that you're experiencing them, these are actually just consequences. These are just the other side. These are the um, symptoms of said sin. And so you're actually not dealing with depression. You're dealing with a root that you have yet to discover. Uh, and so yes. this is where, right? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I haven't had I haven't <gasps> had anyone else that agrees with me on this. I I don't and I and I like I want to be compassionate with people who aren't there. I've walked through it. Yes. You are. You've delivered that in such grace. Yeah. But like Sorry. I just, yes. I know I, you're right. It, it needs to be understood because otherwise what we're doing from an identity perspective is we're putting on a label that supersedes child of God, that supersedes that I'm redeemed, That's that right. supersedes that I am healed and whole in yeah. Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we're saying I'm healed and whole and I'm depressed. Yeah. Mm-mm. But, but, but at the same time, you can't, so there's this, oh, there's this, um, what's the word spectrum. Yes. Okay. Because then you have people who are not willing to admit and take ownership and responsibility. And they're using that. They're taking mm-hmm. the name of God mm-hmm. in vain. That mm-hmm. is what taking the God, the name of God so in vain is. Good. And th- because they're not willing to admit the sin they've done to others or the sin. And then they are con they're consistently perpetuating the spiritual oppression, depression, all of that, and demonic so um, abuse. I mean, so good. I, You're right. That is what I was raised in. Yep. Straight yep. up. Yeah. It's a and, Christian and home that has no Christian principles. None. Yeah. And, and so we can't, where's the middle? Where's yeah. the, the line of not, not, I have gone from one end to, I, in my encounter with Jesus, I went yeah. from that one side spectrum to all the way to the other of yeah. like, no, no, no. But then like in the, and I think when finding our voice and finding yeah. out who we are along the way, we find that spot of truth, which yeah. is truth is absolute, you know, yeah. but we, it takes us a while to get there. And, and yeah. we, the thing I think that the enemies tripped us up on is that labels feel good and feel comforting when you don't know for so long you have you don't know why what where how why you feel this way or and so if I label it then it just makes sense of everything but then we're bound to that thing right and And that's why when every demon that is attached to mental illness to come completely well and this is a whole conversation I mentioned pride recently um but it's like this is the identity crisis of gender, yeah. right? And yeah. this is why it's it's safer. They feel more safe connected to a community of other people who look like them, talk like them, walk like them, think like them, than they do to Christ because they don't know Christ. 
they know this community that seems to know them. So that feels comfortable. And so they're immediately ostracizing the one who actually knows them and created them. And they're not willing to explore again, the rooted system. It doesn't, your dad and mom might not be another gender, but somewhere in the, the generational experiences of sin, this has been exposed and now it's just normalized in conversation that like, yeah, you can be whatever you want to be. And I remember when that movement was when we were little, they said that all the time, you could be whatever you want to be, but it was kind of connected to our career, not connected <laughs> to my gender, right? It was like, oh, I could be a ballerina or I could be an astronaut. And it. then it weird. went super way left, right? Way far away from what that actually was intended to mean. I mean, I could only imagine who initially said that, that they're turning over in their grave, being like, what? That's crazy. But it's because there's footholds, there's strongholds by the enemy and the enemy thinks this is hilarious. You have to remember, and I say this all the time, that Satan, and people say this every day, not today, Satan. No, Satan is not omnipresent. Right. He cannot be in your house and in my house at the same time. Now, does he have a fleet of spirits that are there that are demons existing in all these different places? Absolutely. Do the angel armies supersede in number, strength, and power? All of those. Yes. But if no one is calling them into said territory, which is why in Matthew it says to repent of your sins and humble yourselves before the Lord and pray without ceasing that, that so that the Lord will heal your land and you will be forgiven. Yes. Yes. No one's praying. No. No, no. one's fervently praying. They're no, just going I to don't. a doctor and thinking or a book. Or they're going to a microphone and thinking, well, I have authority, so I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it. No. I know, girl. Oh, I know. It makes me sad. And it's it's so true. And we need, we need truth right now. We yeah. need power right now. Yeah. We need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Like we, we need his, his power and his revelation. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation because there's too much noise to cut through. There's too much distraction. We it's, it's an act of God that can, that can, he says, right. The word of God is alive and active. It can cut between bone and marrow. Well, that's soul and spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're leading by the soul and leading by the flesh and all around our world is flesh, 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 flesh. I mean, like even for the ones that are walking and and have these, this revelation for sure. We're like, it's hard. (laughs) It's so hard. That's why I said it's a walk of righteousness every day. Claire and I in our imperfection have to make choices and I make a choice. Is this light? Is this dark? We ask these three questions of our kiddos to make it easy, but I also do this from a business perspective. I also do this from a friendship perspective and it's, is it safe? Is it good? And is it of God? Yes. And if it doesn't check all three of those boxes, because something can be safe and good and not of God, that's right. Something can be safe and of God, but not good. And therefore you should not be doing anything that does not check all three of those boxes associated to his perfect will. Because otherwise you're walking in your imperfect will. That's right. And just to give a a quick example of a friend who just recently got delivered um, around 
uh, marijuana. And she had no idea that she was feeding a demon simply by this simple coaxing mechanism. She just did it because she wanted to sleep and it didn't seem to affect her mothering. Like, you know, people do it. It's just like alcohol. It's like not against right. alcohol. It's against the usage of alcohol to an extension. Right. And right. so she went into this wild fit one night and her now going to be husband is like literally sitting on the floor with her and she is having a demon come out of her. And there is that conversation like you had between like, what's happening? And oh, I know what's happening. What's happening? Oh, I know what's happening. And this deliverance over night everything she's wow. never even Praise desired it God. again and wow. in that there was all of these other revelations of things that she was feeding herself literally feeding like this is through food this is through the convenience factor this is the comfort and yes. if you've never fasted you mentioned like what what are some practical yes. ways that we yes. could try this so yes. obviously ownership so understanding and owning and sometimes that ownership can't come until revelation happens which is where claire and i had to be before we could own anything we had to have a revelation that this even happened to us yes. because of suppression tactics that have been so manipulative yes. and that's why you need a christian counselor so yeah, i sure. highly recommend that a pastor might not know all of the things that a mental therapist can know but if that mental therapist is not walking in their faith they're just going to push you further into a wild chasm yes you have to of be hatred careful. of pointing fingers of no ownership it's bananas so make sure that but then this understanding that after you've had this ownership after you've had this revelation fast yes learn to fast yeah maybe it's fasting social media to get rid of that spirit of lust yeah. Yeah. maybe it's just the exposure factors of music right music yes. is so manipulative it's terrible it and it people is. think it's just lighthearted. and i know every word no you are reciting every word in your spirit and therefore you are going to walk it out I literally, my, my whole life was like a country song. It was like country song and a <laughs> lifetime movie all at once. Right. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> and so when I stopped listening to like these genre of songs and I started implanting truth in the word righteousness came so much easier because I have it in my mind and on yeah. my tongue. Yes. That's right. That is something little, but fast and find out what it is that you crave during that fast you'll find out where the oppression is yeah. happening. It's not little though, because it we have to feed our minds with truth, right? We know that neuroplasticity, we have yep. to, we have to, we have to. And so yep. it's, it's key because we are influenced, we are impacted and our brain doesn't know what's a truth and what's a lie. So, so Sarah Jakes Roberts was talking about influence. It was one of my favorite sermons she's ever done. Yeah. And she was talking about the root word of influence, which is ultimately flow. And so if we are trying to be in the rhythms of grace and the flow of the kingdom, we have to be influenced by the one and only, right? By our Abba, by our Father. But what we're being influenced by is influencers that are in flow with a demon. That's ultimately what it is, which is then an open invitation for you to now explore what is this influencer saying? What do they mean? What about the stars? What about my zodiac sign? What about my Enneagram? Mm -hmm. None of those things are wrong in totality of them becoming a false idol. They are wrong. 
we God created the stars on that, <laughs> right? Like that is, it, it's okay. Everything because the enemy stole everything. everything. Stones, crystals. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, exactly. this is God's exactly. idea. And it's people. all counterfeit. It's all counterfeit. No. It's all counterfeit. Everything the enemy took is counterfeit. It means just like you look at a hundred dollar bill and it's yep. like so close. My kids play with that fake money and I pick it up like, <laughs> Uh, go uh, I'm like oh my gosh it's a hundred dollar bill who's this and I'm like oh my gosh gets me every time yeah so close but like you get to with following Jesus and following Christ you get to have the real deal just like his will his plans are better and he says in the word that um you don't need anyone to teach you, but the Holy spirit and that there's counterfeit teachings. And just today I read that in the end times, some will be led away and deceived by doctrines taught by demons. Mm -hmm. That is what is happening. And we need to be bold. And in this hour, we need to be, if, if, if our child comes to us and and says, mommy, I want to wear a headband and and it's our son, we need to, we need to go and say, oh, you were made to be a boy, a man, a strong man. Go pick up that hammer and yeah. get the building. And then we need to go into our bathrooms and we need to plead the blood of Jesus yes. and call those angels and yes. surround them with impenetrable shields. We need to get equipped. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, you need to be connected to, to women and men and sisters and brothers of Christ mm-hmm. that, that have this revelation so you can get equipped because it is a battle. We don't fight against flesh and blood and we need to walk in our kingdom authority because Christ in us, as we yield and surrender to him is more powerful. The end, he said that we have the power to bind and loose and to trample on snakes and scorpions. So we have to go to the hard places. We have to emit the, the hard things about us, the ugly things in order for freedom. We just have to, we're yeah. at that point in history. Like I'll share one more story because yeah. they're like, I mentioned about the different gifts that we have access to. And, you know, another one besides fasting is the, is the ability to speak in tongues, mm-hmm. um, the ability to see, like there are seers, right. Yes. Who can actually see in the, this spiritual realm, they can see angels and they can see demons. If you've yes. never researched this, y'all, I'm going to sound like a crazy person. I promise no, you, no, this not. is an exploration of journeying out heaven on earth, right? In the heavenly realms, there were demons. Remember Satan existed in heaven before he ever existed on earth. And so we have to be aware of this. So this little boy had the gift of sight to see, and he could see from a very young age, and he just assumed everyone else could see. And he was about five years old, and he went into this, this room and he saw all of his parents and all of their parents' friends who were drinking. And as soon as they moved past just the lighthearted drinking into the drunkard phase, there would be all of these demons that would come out of every crevice of the room. And he was sitting inside at the corner of the room and he was just sitting in somber. Like he was the only kiddo there. And he had just been given this dog tag. The class, his kindergarten class, um, decided to get etched name tags. And on the back, they could put like a favorite quote, something that they wanted to say, something, a nickname. He's like, I don't really know what to put. And the teacher said, I know what to put. So without him knowing, he had never said anything about it. She put a Bible verse. And the Bible verse was talking about a spirit of fear, which you said at the beginning. So I was like, come on, Lord. 
and he's sitting there and he's rubbing this these dog tags as the enemy comes up to him and they said like literally like six cents, creepy, like wild stuff. Right. And he was so nervous and he started looking down because he didn't want to make eye contact with the demon. And he started speaking this Bible verse, reading this Bible verse and the enemy started moving backwards. And he realized at this young age, what the word of God can do against these demonic realms. And as he grew, it wasn't until much later that he realized that one, not everybody has this gift. And two, he suppressed it so much because he felt crazy because no one was talking about it, even though he went to church, even though he was in his faith. And so eventually he's like, I can still see this, but I'm just going to ignore it. And this is what we have done as the church. We've ignored and suppressed our gifts and therefore we are not walking around in power and authority. Eventually that story leads on that he ends up meeting other seers and they start cultivating their gift better. And now they pray without ceasing everywhere they go. And that is literally their dominion. That's what they do here on earth for their career is they go and they cast out any darkness before conferences happen, before gatherings happen. It's wild. So, and they get paid. This is where people get so confused. They're like, wait, how is my gift and talent supposed to provide for my home? I think I have to go to work in this wild place that is actually bringing demons and inviting demons into my life. And then I'll just go to church and fix it later. Mm Y'all, every single thing that you do is a door. Is it a door to the light or is it a door to the dark? Is it good? Is it of God? And is it safe? Yes. So good. Thank you so much for coming on. We are just going to end right there because it is, it's so powerful. Um, let's pray for, let's yes. pray for the listeners. Um, please, mind please. going ahead. Do you want to? Yeah, pray? I'd love to. Okay, cool. Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you right now that you are in the ears and the minds and the hearts and even just the spaces in which the listeners are. God, I just pray that you send your angel armies to them right now. God, that any spirit of doubt, any confusion, any fear, that spirit of fear that is connected to some of these big conversations, God, that it would be gone in Jesus' name, that it would flee, that there would be no doubt, that there would be no fear. God, it's okay for us to be curious. It's okay for us to ask questions. You invite us in to conversation. That is what intimacy is. It's in relationship that we learn who you are, God that you are a God of love and you are a God of of dominion and you are a God that just truly desires us to be in union, not only with you, but with other brothers and sisters who are seeking you fervently. God, I pray that they would just know that without ceasing, there is an opportunity for them to come into this divine alignment that their identity is rooted in you and any roots of the enemies, God, that they would just learn to extract them, that they would have that moment of revelation, that even as they listened to this, there was that spirit of conviction that was drawing them closer to you, drawing them closer to their true identity. Would you help them, Lord? Would you come and be the provider, be the healer, be the Jehovah Jireh that you are? and come in and help heal them, comfort them, help them understand that they can take refuge in you, even in the times that they are confused, lost, distracted, feeling abandoned, Lord, you've never left them, you've never forsaken them, no matter what their childhood looks like, no matter what the generational bondage is, Lord, that this revelation and then this ownership is truly who we are. When we talk about being in your will, God, we say your will and not my will, and that's an ownership element of surrender. Yes. God, we surrender our flesh to you. 
We surrender our minds, our wills, and our emotions. And we ask right now in Jesus' name that your spirit would guide every single sister and every single brother that is listening to this show. Guide them into holiness. Guide them into righteousness. Guide them to take dominion. Guide them to speak in the name of Jesus in all of these wild scenarios that they would stay fixated and focused on you and their heart's desires come to fruition because they're aligned to your desires, your pure, holy, good, all-loving, all-knowing desires, Lord. We thank you for Claire. We thank you for the activation of speaking out truth, God. We thank you that all of the things that she has utilized from an element of test and testimony, God, that she triumphs every single fight, every single day, even the things that are happening in her life right now, Lord, that there would just be new favor. There would be new blessings that comes out of the obedience of her activated as a daughter, Lord, that she continues to speak life and speak truth into every area of darkness and that it continues to break chains forevermore. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We lift your name on high today and always in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of the Reconstructed Woman podcast. To join the journey, head over to the reconstructedwoman.com. Here's to freedom. Freedom.